Welcome to Bad Patient. I'm Robin Dobbin. And I'm Laura Marker. And we are two non-medical non-experts taking an unreasonably deep dive into this week's health news. This week's words are vitamin D, dust, human brain, and technoference. What? You just yelled those. <laughs> because I'm really excited to have this amazing new uh, microphone, Robin. So like, I'm coming at you crystal clear. <laughs> And live and in person. We are live together in person in the same room, looking each other in the face, and we're really, <laughs> we're really distracted by this. Oh my gosh! So I just like to point out that I did not get sick at my conference last week. You're welcome. Oh, because you're saying like you jinxed it by like no, no, no. I told you how to avoid getting oh, sick. Oh, that's right. What you did was tell me how to get sick and what diseases I would get. And then I definitely didn't get one from oh. Disney. Oh. It was definitely the airport. Okay, whatever. And not touching the things that small children had touched just You before. know what point I wanted to make about this that you didn't let me make like three episodes ago that I'm going to make now? <laughs> is that like those are the same people. The people on the flight from Orlando to uh, Ohio are the same people who were at Disney with you. So you I still got sick from Disney. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's completely different. It's completely the same. It's completely different. And you're wrong. <laughs> oh, my God. What's um, our first story? So our first story comes from medicalnewstoday.com. Seems super official. And it's why too much vitamin D can be a bad thing. Oh, no way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a new study <laughs> revealed that vitamin D, which is an essential vitamin, yeah, yeah. to help maintain, uh, help build and maintain healthy bones and teeth, there can be a, such a thing as too much, especially for old people. Older adults. Um, so it's harder for some people to absorb vitamin D. Um, and they may not get regular sun exposure, mm-hmm. so they take a vitamin supplement. I take a vitamin supplement. Good for you. Thanks. Um, so they um, they looked at people who took more than the recommended uh, amount. So the National Institutes of Health recommend... Older adults above 70 take 600 IU. Okay. Um, and over 70, 800. Um, but, and so then they looked at people who took the recommended daily dose, took 2,000 and 4,000. I take 6,000. You do? Yeah. You fucking freak. Um, so the results showed that there is, um, there was an in- improvement in memory and learning in the groups who took the recommended daily amount. Oh, my God. Um, but the other groups experienced slow reactions times, which in older adults can mean you're more likely to fall. So reaction yeah. time is like what you use to catch yourself, and if you're old, you could fall. But who ever heard of, like, the vitamin dose being this low? I mean, most doctors were the recommending... National, the National Institute of Health. No, this is, like, totally wrong. Institutes. All wrong. Okay, well, to be fair, the the options that were given is 0 to 12 months, children 1 to 18, adults over 70. Adults oh. over, over adults 270 from over 70, and then pregnant and lactating women. Okay. So it should be 600 if you're pregnant or lactating. Just an FYI, Robin. Okay. No. A, that's some shit you're going to need to know. Here's the, here's the story. I took vitamin D for a year at 4,000, and my my levels were still a little low. 
So that's why I take 6,000 now. Well, here's a recommendation. Because hmm. I am definitely not a doctor. Uh, go outside more and move out of Portland. <laughs> <laughs> well, chances are that the deficiency started when I was in Ohio. <laughs> okay, look at this. American Academy of Pediatrics has recommended that pediatric patients receive an initial, oh, that's if they're low, an initial two to three month treatment of high dose vitamin D therapy, which is 1,000 IU for newborns, 1,000 to 5,000 for up to 12 months, and 5,000 for patients over one. I guess that's if they're low. So I guess it would make sense that I'm taking 6,000. For adults, other doses are, other dosages have been called for. There is also single-dose therapy. So when mine was low, one of the things that I did was I just bought a bottle of vitamin D gummies, and then I just, like, ate them as much as I wanted until they were gone, and then I went back to my normal dose, and my level came up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so... I'm just telling you what a study showed. Um, I just don't... I just don't think this is right, but because of the way we're recording, I can't look it up on my computer. I have to only look it up on my phone, and so... It's taking me a long time. That's okay. Do you want me to fill in? Because I totally can't. Totes. Sure. Got you, it. You rap about something for 30 seconds. So <laughs> I was thinking maybe it's because you moved to Portland that your vitamin D is low and it was an anticipation of you moving to Portland. Oh that is why it happened. Like your body knew that it was going to have less. So it was like Then wouldn't to, it store it up? Try to store it up, but it was low because it was like... We need more of this shit because we're she's moving to Portland. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that's definitely what happened. Because <laughs> your body knows these things, Robin. Yeah, well. This is why we should all support public school education and support our levies so that kids are, are educated Whoa, better Whoa, left than turn, me. left turn, left turn. I saw, I saw a meme, and it was like, why do I support school levies even though I don't have kids? Because I don't want to argue with people about vaccinations and flatters. <laughs> <laughs> So, I looked in the Mayo Clinic, and they are saying, like, yes, taking too much vitamin D can be harmful, but they're saying a harmful amount is more than 4,000 IU a day, which could cause nausea, vomiting, poor appetite, constipation, weakness, weight loss, confusion, disorientation, heart rhythm problems, kidney damage, and other things that you could also experience if you spend too much time at Disney. No. All of those are pretty... Nausea, vomiting, constipation... Be of all. There's no such thing as too much time at Disney. B of all, I didn't get, <laughs> I didn't get sick from all right. Disney. Sure. I didn't, I didn't get sick. But, like, I, I like, looked out for you. You at did. At the trade show. And that's why I didn't get sick. I know. Because I gave you some, like, some, like, some real knowledge. I did a great job at this knowledge. <laughs> I did a great job at this show, too, because I was there for, like, three nights, and I went to two shows. Yeah. I'm super proud of you. Thank you. Also, I, like, went out to dinner somewhere. Yeah, it was fancy. It was real fancy. Yeah. And it was my birthday, and I let them know, well, it was like... Your birthday week. Yeah. It was like within within three... You think that's fair? Yes. Like, within what proximity of your birthday can you go to a restaurant and, you know, get the special treatment? Um, I would say definitely within a week. Okay. Because 
like you might not celebrate your birthday if it's on a Tuesday. Another day. Right? Yeah. So, but you get together with family on Saturday. I feel like that's still your birthday. Still your birthday. Also, I feel like if your actual birthday has not happened yet, that's like the, like if your birthday was like the prior week, I would feel worse about it for reasons that I cannot articulate. I don't know. Maybe your friends are just slackers and they haven't bothered to take you out and they yeah. forgot that it was your birthday. Well, or you didn't tell people it was your birthday because that definitely happened to me recently. I told everybody that I worked with I tell people. that it was my birthday yeah. and I wasn't even going to be there the week before my birthday <laughs> because I just wanted everybody to know, to know. it was my birthday. Also, I wore a birthday pin in Disney the whole time and then I said today's my actual birthday on my Lovely. actual birthday. No, that works. But people at Disney can also wear a birthday pin six months before or six months after their birthday. That's, Anytime. It's just kind of how like Disney's like, it's your birthday? Okay, here's yeah, like they don't. Yeah, they don't care. They're just they're just making buttons. Well, I'll have you know, I actually changed my out of office at work to let them know that it was my birthday and what I would be doing on my, like, on my actual birthday. Yeah, because I took that day off, so I was traveling, and then I came back and I worked a day, and then I took the birthday off. Right. Yes. What did you do for your birthday? I biked a metric century. Because you're amazing and not insane at all. Because my friend Cindy was like, what are you, like, it's your birthday? What are you doing for your birthday? And I was like, oh, I usually, like, spend a day with myself because who else is going to be off on a weekday? And I'm like, oh, I have a little adventure. And, like, one year I took a little hike by myself and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, I'm off. And I was like, well, I was thinking about biking this year. She was like, I could bike with you because we've been talking about biking. And she said, we should do a century. And I said, no way. And then she said, we should do a metric century. And I didn't know exactly how far that was, but I thought it was 60 miles. So I said, yes. How much was it? Uh, 62.1 miles. You're insane. I love you so much. You are insane. I had a, like a little moment at 58 miles where I had to pop off and walk. Because it was like, <laughs> it was like. I know, I know you say that, like. I know, I, and I know you're serious. Like, I genuinely, that's, that's one of the reasons why I love you. But, like, I have not ridden a bike in well over a decade. And I just feel like I have to confess that because I want people to know, like. That you didn't quite make it the 62 I did. Miles. I did bike a little extra. You only made it the 58. And we all no. think you're a fucking slacker Oh, for I kept it. biking after that. I just, I, had to, I, had, I just had to, like, walk it up this hill. Okay, well, like, I made us take the I elevator it. because it's a glass elevator. But also, I didn't want to walk up the fucking stairs. No, so so there, there's that thing. Okay. But I also love that elevator because it's a glass elevator. It's kind of a neat elevator. It is. But it's, it's less fun on just two. <laughs> it's also less fun since they remodeled the hotel I always stay at to be all beige. It is all beige. It used to be, like, a water scene and, like, plants. And, like... Nope. And, and that was, like, kind of, like, dated. But, like, you know what's worse? Just all beige. All beige. All beige. Next time we go in the elevator, we'll have to go all the way to the top and then all the way down. Just so right. you know that's what's On your happen. way out, that's what yeah, we need. we're going to Okay. 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 You ready for our next article? Uh, yeah. So the next article comes from mindbodygreen.com. You always pick this website and I always am like skeptical. I do. That's why I love it. <laughs> and it's the connection between dust and weight gain what? you need to know about. Well, there's no fucking connection. Uh, spring cleaning is coming up. So if you need another reason um, in order to um, do your spring cleaning, uh, there was new research presented at Endo 2019, oh, no, the this is Endocrine legit. Society's annual meeting, with a study from researchers out of Duke University. Uh, they collected dust samples from 194 households in North Carolina and broke them down into their constituent chemicals and tested these to see if they prevented fat cell growth under the, a petri disk. And it did. <laughs> What? So they're suggesting you dust. I'm not. I'm not like 100 percent awesome on dusting. 
Like you're sometimes, not. like no, I mean sometimes it's like the thing that kind of like falls to the wayside a, a little bit. Well, a little bit. you can't tell because you're very thin. Athletic, you might say. <laughs> <laughs> oh maybe, maybe my it's gosh. because you uh, biometric centric centennials. Centuries. Centuries. A centennial might... is like a celebration of like a hundred year anniversary. I understand what a centennial is, but okay. it's more fun for me to say it incorrectly. <laughs> I mean, I have like a lot of points I could make here. Yeah. But I'm disturbed by the fact that this appears to be like legitimate research. It is legitimate research. House dust. Oh my gosh, there's a, cl- like, listen to this. Another study out last year from the European Society of Endocrinology found that house dust is one of the most common sources of a class of chemicals known as obesogens, <laughs> which interfere with how our bodies store and process fat. Obesogens. Obesogens. That sounds like real, for real made up. Is that pizza that I just ate an obesogen? Nope. It's completely different and very healthy. Plus, Love I'm it. kind of still celebrating my birthday, so. It's my birthday. <laughs> it's not your birthday month anymore. No, my birthday month goes from St. Patrick's Day to Tax Day. The month... Because it's all the way at the end of the month. Like, March 1st doesn't feel like my birthday because my birthday's at the end of March. Damn straight, because it's my birthday. That's your birthday month. (laughs) See? Do you want to overlap with me? No, you don't. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... It says, The Duke study adds another layer to ongoing research on dust. There's ongoing research on dust. Just so you know, like... There's somebody whose life work is dust-related. There's there's a guy... You know why? Because they're not allergic. They have no, no allergies. Right. There's a guy <laughs> whose who's life research was dedicated to how water sprays out of a toilet when you flush. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it's like a mushroom cloud shape, which is why you should put the lid down on the toilet. Because basically, it's like you flush and it goes... Poosh, and these little tiny droplets go all over everything. Gotcha, gotcha. So... Also, why you should not leave your toothbrush on the back of the toilet. Who the fuck is doing that? Well, some of us have really tiny bathrooms. Actually, I leave it on the sink, but it's really close to the toilet. Like, I leave it on the edge of the sink. No, mine's in the cabinet. Well, mine's like one of those plug-in ones. Oh, okay. I used to have one of those. It left. (laughs) (laughs) Indeed, it did. (laughs) So, <laughs> it's like there's gonna be like a beep right here where we censor that <laughs> along so, with the microphone yeah but now you have a new microphone and i got a new toothbrush although i took out a new toothbrush much sooner than i got a new microphone that's probably necessary yeah it was more necessary so how so they're saying that the dust has some of these obesogenic chemicals in it mm-hmm. that encourage your body to store fat yep Okay, so unsavory chemicals that could be in dust are phthalates, flame retardants, stain repellents, and plasticizers. Well, I guess they're just saying because dust is just all the stuff that's flying around in the air. Yeah, but it's also, like, you know, mostly from your human skin and things that we have on ourselves. Well, we don't have flame retardants and stain repellents on us. Or maybe we do. Yeah, we do. Because we're, like, touching our furniture and stuff. Yeah. Okay, so it's real bad. So you need a dust. But then doesn't dusting... This episode brought to you by Swiffer. <laughs> I know. Doesn't, doesn't dusting just, like, kick up and then you're breathing in even more? I don't know. Mm. But isn't the point to remove it? Isn't yeah, that guess. why Swiffer, like, has the thing with that they shake to yeah. show that it doesn't play around? So don't use your French-made uh, dust thing. Use, oh, please. Use something that... that yeah. Loves, no one actually uses that, that do they? I don't know. I saw a Facebook... Um, ad that had somebody with it and they were jumping up and down because now Swiffer has like a six foot pole. 
Oh, whoa. And so, like, they were getting the top of the uh, fan real easy. Yeah. And then the other person was just jumping up and down with a, du- a des- uh, feather duster. And I thought, this work. person is real dumb because it's, yeah. like, on a loop, so they yeah. just continuously Listen to over. this. This is even in the article. It says, we suspect that dry dusting may kick these chemicals back up in the air and make it easier to inhale them, so it really should be wet dusting. They just mean like a damp rag instead of a dry rag. Because okay. the thing, then it'll stick to the rag. Okay. Is that like mm-hmm. pine sole? Like my mom uses to polish? Yeah, or, or you like can just, polish? I mean, you can dust with water too. I don't know. Because you're just removing the stuff. Spoilers, I don't really dust. You don't dust? Not really. I mean, and part of like, if you have like wood floors, you, it, they get dusty. So like, if you clean the floor, you're technically dusting okay well then i clean the floor okay but it's not real um wood it's okay. faux wood that's okay i'm just saying like a hard Slime surface okay. okay not carpet so two other tips from the article one remove your shoes when you come inside two use a vacuum with a hepa filter to keep and i quote toxins out of the home and you lost me See, that's like a, that's like the, like, this site is more into that. What, you mean mind, body, and green is more into <laughs> toxins than, than PBS.org? Yes. It's weird. I would not have expected that at all, Robin. What makes dust so dirty? I don't know. The fact that it's dead skin cells. All right. You know what's like really interesting and gross about dust? What? That whole statistic about how it can make your pillow and your mattress like way twice as much because like over the years, like mm-hmm. it gets mm-hmm. in there. That's really yeah. gross. It's very gross. I don't like it at all. All right, next story. All right, our next story comes from PBS.org. And it's, human brain never stops growing. Neurons. New study claims. So, there has been some debate of whether or not your brain keeps creating neurons. Um, so, a paper in Nature last year raised some doubts but this one is in nature medicine and it's mm. pointing it's pushing it back to yes so it's not closing the book on it but it's trying to build uh more of a um more of a repertoire about it so they're looking to see because it can impact like um alzheimer's and memory issues and those types of things so uh, they tested the tissues of 58 newly deceased people. Not sure what newly deceased is, but I'm, I'm it means they just for it. died. They just just died within the last week. Oh, last I see what month, you're saying. Last yeah. Year. How how how, how just did they die? Um, and they found that a different methods of preservation led to different conclusions on whether the new neurons could develop in the adult and aging brain. And this kind of gets toward all the research about. Or some of the research about neuroplasticity, where we used to think, like, if you've been depressed in the past, you're depressed in the future, and blah, blah, blah. And now they're starting to say, well, maybe you can change the pathways in your brain and think about different things. So if you could if you could have new neurons, I think that could possibly... I don't know if those things are directly related, but that's what it brought up for me. Yeah. So she found that the brains of people with Alzheimer's showed few, if any, new signs of new neurons in the hippocampus. Um, and so they're thinking that maybe that has something to do with Alzheimer's. More study and research is required. Okay. So 
It's not changing it, but... This is a really good article because they actually interviewed researchers who are experts in this field who were not involved in the study. That's true. The very bottom says this article was reproduced with permission from Scientific American. Oh, okay. So, but it's PBS.org, so... So, I just find Alzheimer's interesting because my great-grandmother and my grandmother have... uh, I've had that disease, and um, every time my dad forgets something, I get nervous. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I've definitely, we had a grandparent with it as well, and I volunteered with some hospice folks who were impacted, and um, fun story, this, at this Alzheimer's ward, there was a guy who, as part of his memory loss, unfortunately, he just, like, didn't feel comfortable wearing pants. And so he would, like, repetitively take off his pants, but he would also forget about, like, social norms. And so he'd just be walking around without pants on, which might have been okay, except for the other thing that he didn't like was anyone helping him get dressed. So those two things in Combined. together. Yeah. I don't think this is a fun story the way you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was only funny because the other patients... I shouldn't call them patients. The other people who were in the... You didn't say funny. You said fun story. I'm just going to get nitpicky about the New Yorker's grammar rules. I'm just going to get nitpicky. (laughs) The New Yorker can take it. That's true. That's true. But yeah. Other folks there who also had Alzheimer's, like, were complaining about it. Like, not again. Like, they remembered this. That they remembered. (laughs) (laughs) Like, they didn't remember everything. But this guy... Moves the needle. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So... They didn't... Did they link to the story? The original story? The oh, very they bottom? did. Yeah. Sure do. So they were really... They're specifically looking at Alzheimer's, but they're hoping that it would have implications for other people in neuroplasticity. Okay, so neuroplasticity does come in. Oh, uh, hey, I can't get the story, but I can subscribe to this journal for only $225 per year. Sweet. So- Sweet. Thank goodness for PBS.org with permission. Yeah. This is rough. So I think, like, that I'm jet-lagged and also... (laughs) (laughs) You jet-lagged? I thought you took melatonin and uh, ibuprofen. Benadryl. Benadryl. (sighs) Half. Half. Of a Benadryl. It's oddly specific, Robin. Have you been doing this for a while? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And it works out so well. Um... I love it. You know what I really wanted to look and see was how long they had, their brain had to be. What is newly deceased? Yeah. It doesn't say, but someone in the article does point out that this type of research really relies on the generosity of brain donors. Absolutely. She said, here's a quote. If and when we go and look at something in human post-mortem, we have to be very cautious about these technical issues. <laughs> As in, technically, I didn't have permission to rip out your brain after your death. Technical issues. Technical. Just a little. Just a little. Just a little something, something, you know. Oh, my gosh. This woman is actually an expert in the collection and preservation of brain samples since 2010 when she realized that many brains stored in brain banks were not adequately preserved for this type of research. Huh. Hmm. You never know when you'll find your calling. I guess not. She must be a hoot at cocktail parties. (laughs) She probably is. I know, right? She's probably fascinating. Yeah. Hmm. What's your name? I'm going to add her to the list of people. If you could have dinner with anybody living or dead, I'm uh, going to add her to the list. 
Jenny H S I E H Sia C Doctor Sia. Yes. Okay. Put her on the list. Her and Jesus. <laughs> As in Jesus. Yep. All right. Ready for our last article? Yep. It's from SteadyFinds.org. Okay. Uh, slay the smartphones. Technoference is making our lives more sluggish. SteadyFinds. As we're sitting here waiting for this article to load. It's not about that. So smartphones are draining the number of hours that we sleep, making us less productive, and could even be making people feel physically worse in general. No kidding. In a new results from a new Australian survey. So this is looking at 2005 and 2018, where people the ages of 18 to 83, 709 mobile users were given uh, similar surveys, and they talked about technoference that it causes interruptions in people's day due to their smartphones. And in the original survey, they said 19.5% um, of women lost time from their phones compared um, compared to 118 for men for the 2018 versus 2.3 and 3.2 from 2005. So you can see the smartphones. Um, and it was showed that 24% of women and 15% of men classified as having problematic mobile phone users. Um, oh, no. How the youngest segment of the group were especially at risk. The research said about 41% of people ages 18 to 24. How do they define problematic? Uh, she said defensively. <laughs> it, uh, it doesn't really say. And they don't really link to the survey. No. Super helpful. It could just be self-reported if you're finding it problematic or if you're losing sleep from it, I guess. Yeah. I've definitely lost sleep because of my phone. Because I can bring it into bed and then, like, you like, I'm just going to start watching this movie. And then you watch the whole thing. Yeah, absolutely. So they also found that they're getting less done in the day than they did in 2005. Um, 12% of men are feel, felt like they were less productive compared to 0% from 2005. Wow. Uh, 14% from 2.3. Okay, but, like, some of this, I just don't know if I really trust. They didn't link to the study, and then, like, the next paragraph says that... But it's studyfinds.org. I mean, is that, like, a resource we're supposed to know about? The study's findings are published in the journal Frontiers in Psychiatry. There's a link. Yeah, but, like, I'm saying, like, I don't know if I trust this outlet to be reporting on this. It's studyfinds.org. What... That... That's, like, the thing that they do. <laughs> That's all they do. They, they do. just find the studies. But this could be, like, a you had one job situation. You had one job. Because, listen, it says, like, that it's affecting people's physical health, that respondents had said they were feeling more aches and pains that they believe are a result of smartphone use. This suggests to me that someone seriously just went to them and said, do you think you're having aches and pains from your smartphone and then people more than you used to? And then people said yes. But, like, we know that people are notoriously bad self-reporters for a lot of these things. So it's kind of like... You take your logic elsewhere. This is study finds. <laughs> All right, study finds. I mean, I think they're right. This just sounds like... They're asking, like, relatively the same questions, and that has increased. So oh! it's also, like, comparing the the same question, yeah. you know. And previously, they, yeah. they said this. And now they say this. They did actually link to the study, but not until the very last sentence. Yeah, so you gotta keep you gotta keep reading. 
Blah, blah, blah. It's very long. Wow, they they get the whole study. In Australia, 88% of the population owns a smartphone, thus making Australia, and I quote, one of the foremost adopters of such technology. Shit. What's <laughs> happening? This in the U.S., it's only 64%. Huh. India, 36%. We're expected to reach. All right, these are all like we're, these aren't apples to apples comparisons. U.S. sixty four percent in twenty seventeen, India, the time of the study expected to reach thirty six percent by twenty eighteen, forty six percent in sub Saharan Africa. It's kind of weird how we sometimes compare continents and parts of continents and sometimes countries. Yes. We put assign particular value to some things and not others. Yeah. Someone on Instagram had screenshotted this thing of Fox News saying, like, blah, blah, blah in three different Mexican countries. Yeah, I saw that, too. (laughs) Okay. Oopsie doopsie. So, negative consequences of mobile phone use. Difficulty disconnecting from it due to its usefulness. I just just put mine down. I don't... You're done? I'm good. You've had enough? I can walk away any time. I, I really can't. I've been trying to decrease my screen time. I know you have. <laughs> Some days it goes better than other days. Yeah, but you have a timer that yells at you if you're on Instagram too long or something. I've kind of thwarted it a little bit. Okay, like not intentionally. Unintentionally, I realized that the best way to keep myself from using Instagram was if I deleted it off my phone every single day. And so in order to get on it, I have to reinstall the app. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so that was like effective. But then it also deletes the data for how much time you've spent. So I can't, like, compare. Can you just log out? I mean, I could, but, like, deleting the... Because, like, deleting the app... I mean, I think if I log in, it's just one click. But, like, you have to wait you for could, it to you download. You not save your password. And then I have to, like, enter it in. Right. I think I feel... Like, this takes a while, though, because I have to, like... So then, the, so then I, but then it deletes all the data. So now, unfortunately, it's just on the phone again. And I think my use, I can probably check and tell you. Oh, no, I was flying yesterday, though. This is not fair. I'll tell you anyway, but I just want the world to know that this is not fair. I'm averaging 39 minutes a day. But when I started track... Are you taking a picture of I me? I sure did. <laughs> but now, but now when, I, when I first started, I was averaging, like, I want to say, like, 75 minutes a day. <laughs> That's a great photo. Um, so... Now I'm now I'm checking my Instagram while we're podcasting. See, it's like addictive. But my screen time is crazy because I use my phone for work, mm-hmm. and I use, stop taking pictures of me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I use my phone for work and I use it for personal. So it's like I can't ever completely like put it down. So now I can anytime, anytime I want. Oh my gosh, <laughs> you leave your phone at home a lot, actually. I know, but that's because I bring. Uh, my fun phone that doesn't have texting capabilities to work and leave my phone phone at home. <laughs> oh. I really, okay. When I went to get my smartphone, I posted on, years ago, I posted on Facebook, like, should I really do this? And I remember someone sarcastically responding, oh, you're just going to have the answer to any question you could ever ask at your fingertips at all times? Absolutely don't sign up for that. But in retrospect... It's made life convenient in some ways, but it's also sucked so much of my free time mm-hmm. that I don't, I wouldn't necessarily say it's been a good thing. You don't think so? Then get rid of it. 
I'm addicted to it. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I can't. Like, well, now I need it. It's my only phone line at home. I need it for work. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I don't need it for not, you know, all the mm-hmm. stuff that I use it for. Would you like to know how what I'm using it for primarily? Oh, God. I don't even, maybe I don't want to do this. I'm going to only tell you if it makes me look good. <laughs> no, none of it looks good. Travel is really bad. All right, my, my most used apps are messages, which is texting, Safari, Internet, Instagram, YouTube. YouTube's done. It's like dumb. It's because I'm listening to music when I'm working yeah. out. Yeah. Netflix, Google Maps, Gmail. That checks out. I'm picking it up 56 times per day. And I get 65 notifications per day. Shit. Yeah. You're a busy girl. I guess so. Is that our last story? Yep. What's your current medical fascination? I'm so tired. (laughs) (laughs) I find that fascinating. No, okay, actually, something I was thinking about, which we should Google and figure out, is like, (laughs) as I dropped my phone, was like, if motion sickness that's temporary like how that happens because i can like i've been doing a little bit of i wouldn't say i've been doing the sailing i say i've been, been on a boat on a boat that someone else was making move yes that i've been a passenger on a boat yes with enough uh safety equipment to get off the boat uh yeah i mean i think they all had like personal flotation devices okay that's fine i think yeah Plus, I'm a real good swimmer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> true, I'll just right? swim across. I'll just swim over here and just going to swim 100 miles. That's cool. Yeah, that's going to be real uncomfortable if you're wearing, like, boots and, like, a down coat. But Why would you be wearing boots and a Well, if it tipped over and you were wearing your clothes. Oh, okay. I don't know. Do they, they, they could tip over. Anyway, there hasn't been a lot of tip over risk. But, um, <laughs> so when I get off, I'll be, like, that, like, You mo- have sea legs? Yeah. You got your sea legs. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I'm always like, what? feels like the earth is rolling even though you're right. stationary. But if you drive, it feels normal again. Huh. Yeah. Mm. The first time it happened to me was after I took a cruise. And I'm not a big fan of cruises. It lasted for two weeks after a three-day cruise. Oh, wow. Yeah. You didn't drive? I Well, it, yeah, it would go away when I was driving, but as soon as I stopped driving, it would come back. Ew, that's weird. So I don't actually remember it being, like, crazy bothersome. But what I've wondered is, like, do you acclimate to this? Like, can you... Yes. Like, if you go on boats a lot... Yes. Would it, like, stop happening? No. What? You just said yes and no to the same question. <laughs> it wouldn't stop happening, but you would acclimate to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, is this right? Yes. Are you sure? No. Okay. <laughs> well, everything that I know about this subject comes from Pirates of the Caribbean. And Johnny Depp's character walks with the walk of a sailor, so. Oh, so I'm just going to start walking funny? Yes. I don't think that's the way. Slash, he may be drunk. I don't really know. There's no way to know. Actually, I met him in Disney. Really? Wait, the real one? Or like? Yes, the real Captain Jack Sparrow, Johnny Depp, was dressed as Captain Jack (laughs) for a meet and greet on a random Tuesday. (laughs) I think that's what Johnny Depp does on Tuesdays. He flies to Orlando. He should have. There's a lot to do in Orlando. Don't at me, Johnny. <laughs> you know what I like doing in Orlando when I'm there? What? Running on iDrive. That's it. Running on iDrive? Yeah. Because oh. it has kind of a, 
It has some leafy plants and... You're so weird. I know. It'll be so much. You're so different than me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, like, the one other thing I did that's, like, the opposite of that recently is I went to an olive garden there. And you would think that in your 30s you'd be hating on olive garden. And I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised that they, like, had gluten-free pasta and that the sauce they put on it was good. Yeah. I was like, oh. I'll be darned. This is, like, a passable meal. Right. Not rice and... <laughs> no nope 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 super sophisticated so well let me tell you what i like to do when i go to orlando disney fuck yeah disney I'm a normal all the disney human <laughs> actually sometimes you talking about disney like makes me curious as to what it's like anytime you want to go babe me and you i know i will take you i also just watched saving mr banks yeah so Basically the same thing. Well, they go to Disney in the movie. They go to Disneyland, but yeah, basically oh. the same thing. Okay, not the same thing. No. Walt Disney um, died before Walt Disney World was open. The Florida one? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, so you should go to the original. Never been. It's far away. It is, but it's closer to you. <laughs> True. All right. Bad patient field trip. Let's do it. <laughs> Obviously, like, spending a couple thousand dollars on this is never one's We best. just need to get a sponsor. Somebody needs to sponsor our trip to Disneyland. I mean, someone offered to come on the podcast and talk to us about, like, a dandruff product or something, like, a year ago. Okay. Um, we, we never did that. We turned them down, I think. Yeah, probably. But I am willing to be bought for Disneyland tickets and a hotel. Listen up, Disney. We're here. And we will live podcast from any of your parks. <laughs> about medical health news. <laughs> or anything else. <laughs> Okay, so what's your current health, your current, current event thing? Um, I think the current thing that um, I've been seeing the most about is, like, the cholera outbreak in, um, fuck, I don't even remember the countries. I feel like I heard about this two weeks ago, then I started traveling and stopped watching the news, and then... Mozambique, right? I'm uneducated. Um... Mozambique, yeah. Yeah. So they had a, a tropical storm that, like, hit that area, and oh. there was a lot of still water. A lot of people got cut off from, um, their roads were washed out, their homes were destroyed, and so cholera is a really big um, concern about it because um, sewage is has the possibility of contamination of their drinking water. Mm. And so in addition to not having the sturdiest infrastructure to begin with, then it got delayed and hit that way. So there are reports of cholera starting to outbreak in um, that area. So also Yemen, it turns out. Yeah. Well, Yemen has a, uh, a, a proxy war that's being fought by Iran and Saudi Arabia and Russia. So, yeah, there's a famine there, too. I like how you say that like it's common knowledge. Well, it is, it is to me. It's been happening for a really long, really long time. Because that was like one of the critiques of um, the Washington Post uh, journalist was murdered by Saudi Arabia, but Saudi Arabia is also killing hundreds of people in Yemen oh, on a daily basis. We never reported on we that. We don't talk about that. But the Washington Post is the one that like pushed the envelope about um, that murder, which was atrocious and uh, uh, yeah, awful. But, but it's because he was directly connected to, like, the Washington yeah. Post. There isn't a reporter in Yemen starving to death, I guess. Apparently, it is also about to become a problem in Nigeria. Yes. Again. Yep. It's been, and then it wasn't, and then it is, and then it wasn't. 
Yeah, so cholera uh, medicines have been shipped in by the WHO, and so they're trying to combat it. But part of it is um, an area that is um, leery of um, international aid in the form of, like, vaccines have not Uh, always been super great or exactly what they've said it was. Oh, no. Yeah, so there's, like, that whole history. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what cholera actually is? Excessive, like, vomiting and shitting yourself. And you can die within 24 hours. Yeah. An infectious and often fatal bacterial disease of the small intestine, typically contracted from infected water and causing the... uh, situations that you just described yep so sometimes it's called the blue death because people lose so many bodily fluids that their skin turns bluish gray oh that sucks yeah so trying to combat that i would say is probably the biggest health news that we're not talking about as much Ugh. my god so there's a bummer for you on that note We want to say a special thank you to our theme song composer, Evan Schaefer. Thanks, Evan. You can listen to his music at soundcloud.com slash Evan Schaefer. You can listen to the podcast on, seriously, anywhere you get podcasts, Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. And you can send us your topic ideas at hello at thebadpatient.com. Until next time, we are Bad Patient.